I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Curtis Fleming is down the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast, live on Red Army Radio and on the podcast apps. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Johnny, I'm with Dana, and I'm not with Elliot this week. There is no Elliot, he's on a lovely little honeymoon away of Rudy Gestead to celebrate his performances in the last couple of days um, with York and former Darlington centre forwards. He's got his nest calf with him, he's settled down <laughs> Chrissy Dickinson in our survey. This, they asked a lot for you, so we're giving the people what they want. There's more Chris Dickinson. Thanks for joining us, mate. No problem at all. There's more. Give the people what they want. I was going to say something very inappropriate, but <laughs> can't do it. Can't do, do it. it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Anyway, so let's kick things off, guys. I want to chat about Nottingham Forest first. I actually can't believe, by the way, that I'm going to chat about a Millsborough winter day on the podcast because I've oh, been no. so negative for weeks and weeks and weeks. I should have brought the party poppers in. I left them at home. I know, but here we are. Like, just spur in it. So here we are. Anyway, Dicko. Um, I'm going to start off with you, mate, if you don't mind. Um, so, Borough, Nottingham Forest, it was 2-2. Um, do you think Borough were a little bit unfortunate not to take all the three points on one day night? I think Forest were, were never out of the game. I think mm. the Borough counter-attacked really well. They used the big man up top really well and it took away the negativity, I think, of trying to play through the thirds. Mm. Yeah, I think with that um, and trying to play through the thirds, we are a little bit surprised of how of how more defensive, say, Nottingham Forest were because they came back and they just came to defend really for the majority of the game. Yeah, I, I think I think they were quite shocked with the lineup. I think that has shocked anyone. It shocked me. Um, but I think Gestead played his part. I think Gestead kept the back four all on the toes. I don't think he lost a header. Strong. Mm. Can't really fault him, to be fair. We'll come on to Rudy Gestead very shortly because I know you have a couple of things about him. Um, Dana, um, were you surprised how... Well, poor Forest weren't in a, in a sense. I know I said there, Chris Smalley, they were sitting back and trying to defend, and Chris said they they're a little bit surprised. But were you surprised a little bit how Forest played essentially because they were, they've been so good this season? I appreciate they've just lost three 0 against Millwall, but it's a little bit of a surprise for me. No, I, to be fair, when we did the you know when we detailed them before the game, we did the preview. I did sort of say that they played like that. I think their style of play is very similar to us under Italker Anchor, I think. 
not necessarily the prettiest football in the world, but nine times out of ten they can get a job done. And, you know, I think they have a set style of play that, like I mentioned, isn't necessarily great on the eye, but, you know, they can, you know, they're, they're very defensively solid. Um, mm. Usually, anyway, seems to have changed recently, but um, I wasn't really surprised, no. Um, to be fair, I was expecting them to do a, good, a decent away job on us, but um, it didn't happen. You know, we battled back, and I think in the end, um, frustrating that we didn't see out the game but it's been a, a part of our season hasn't it not being able to see out games and throwing points away so yeah disappointed but I wasn't I wasn't surprised with how Forrest played yeah I think when when Forrest like scored off that honour <laughs> like that, yeah. that like that's it like that was that's game over for me I thought we were never going to get back in the game we looked poor I think we were passing side to side we, I didn't think we were trying to play it was very slow tempo initially to no. be fair I think I texted you and said game over when they scored yeah we both mm. did we were like just saying ah oh, well <laughs> let's just go on but uh <laughs> It was. I was very surprised of how we we came back. Um, obviously, with the the goal, I think McCoody's header for uh, Gusted's goal is absolutely superb. By the way, quality header. Yeah, unreal, isn't it? And I think with the counter attack as well, um, was really impressive. I think with Wayne Perez's catch and then the quick break from Hayden Coulson um, for Lewis Winkler score, I thought that was superb. And it really it gave a lot of the fans something to cheer about. Not just because we had one shot on goal, but we actually <laughs> scored two two goals. And I haven't. I don't. I felt like. I hadn't seen a goal in about 20, 30 years. I couldn't believe it at half time. I was like, we're actually winning a game of football. And I said it to my dad and I was like, as soon as I said that, I was like, we're going to, you know, we're not going to win this game now. I've jinxed it. Yeah. Well, Dave's predictions, mate. He went up with 3-1. I bet he was absolutely buzzing. <laughs> oh yeah. I was saying to him, I was saying just one more goal and then we we finally got you 3-1. But yeah, it wasn't to be. It's never going to happen. It's never, it isn't. It's it really isn't, is it? When was the last time we won 3-1? <sighs> September 8th. The uh, last time I can remember was 3-1 against Wolves when Downing scored. That's the last time I can remember was winning 3-1. Dave's lost a lot of money. <laughs> <Dave's> <laughs> he, he doesn't put any money on it, away. thankfully. <laughs> thankfully. I know, but with that, um, <laughs> I was going to chat about, about, about the counter-attack and about Hayden Coulson as well. Um, Hayden Coulson, he's played more in an attacking position um, in the last couple of games and it's more of his natural position. Have you been really, really impressed with Hayden Coulson this season? Because he's broke through. Yes, he did have that injury, but for me, he's been one of Borough's star players for the majority of the season so far. Yeah, he has. I think, you know, spot on what you said there about, um, you know, his his better position is definitely further forward. I think he's decent at a wing back, but I think he has the qualities to play further up the pitch. And he's a very versatile player. I think he can play left back, left wing back and left wing. So um, he's the type of player that excites you. And I think he really took the game to Forest. Mm. Um, on Monday night, he was the, the, you know, the shining light really of the game. And just good to see somebody take the ball and take the man on and, try to run through the defence because you don't really see it that often with Borough. It's very static and it's just there's something there that's holding players back. But with, with Hayden Coulson, he takes it takes the game to the opposition, which is really good to see. Yeah, I was really impressed with him yesterday as well. Um, Chris, I want to chat about the equaliser. Um, I want to hear your opinion on it, really, um, because Inspires thinks it's a foul. Um, when we look at back, is it Housen or McNair? But is it just a little bit of striker's instinct from Lewis Grabben for what, what is? One of the probably one of the best finishes of the probably one of the best finishes I've seen this season. Just for his how sharp he was, he was alert. I think Housen's definitely switched off. If you look at the corner coming in, he's he's on the keeper. Grabben's on the keeper. Housen's in front. Uh, the ball hasn't really come out that far. It's come at the edge of the box, and I think instead of the whole team stepping, I think we've just switched off and slowly started to push up. But Grabben was alert. Was never a foul. Mm. He's just he's pinned pinned pairs. I think pairs was unfortunate to get a little bit of stick. I think Housen Housen definitely shouldn't have left his man because then pairs could have stayed on his line and it could have been avoided. Hmm. But absolutely unbelievable finish. And when you've got strikers like him up front, they're going to get you twenty goals a season easy. 
Mm. Like it's well, you can tell that he's the it's top natural. scorer. It's, it's yeah. natural. It's yeah. natural. He knows where it is. He knows where the goal is. He knows knows where to be. It's not. It's not by luck that he was there. If you watch him most weeks, he's in and around the six yard box all the time. And I think that's what's what Borough have lacked a lot. Is mm. just a fox in the box. Somebody who's there. The best strikers always score from six yards out. I think everybody tries to score 25, 30 yard unbelievable goals and give Wingy credit. He does do that. But when you want a natural striker and a natural finisher, you want to be in and around the six yard box playing in front of the two posts. Mm. I think I, f- I fully agree with that. And if you look up, if you know, mentioned there, Chris, that about um, Lewis Grabman and Borough don't have the strikers there. What do you think of the likes of Fletcher and Britt then? Um, because Brit's known to be that type of striker who is always going to be in around the areas. Do you think he has that ability, or do you think we just? I just don't like think him? he's as, as as natural a finisher. I think if anybody who watches British on Belonga, he'll miss three, four chances, and then he'll score the fifth. Mm. Where you give Grabham one one chance out of a game where he didn't really touch the ball, other than the one that came across the box, which was a hard finish. He'll put him away. That's that's what you need. You just need an instinctive striker, somebody who's just there, just to score tappings. Fair enough, I'll let you drink your Nescaf now, because you're, you're a mid-gulp there, weren't you? Yeah, I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sponsored by Nescaf. <laughs> um, but, so we'll move on to Charlton then. Um, appreciate Ainsley Pears. I think you could have probably saved the first one as well. Um, and then the second one, I think mm. it's easy to blame him, but I think we've just mentioned there, House and McNair did switch off, which made things difficult. Uh, but this gave the chance for Stjanovic to make his debut. Um, do you think it was the right call from Woodgate to bring Stjanovic in? I think so, yeah. I think if there's a time for Stojanovic to make his debut, it was probably the Charlton game because that that equaliser against Forest was, you know, there were massive question marks over Enzi Pairs. And in fairness, without being too critical, because I know he's only a young lad, but you know, he, he's there's been a few goals that we've conceded recently where you, you think could he have done better with that? Could he have saved that? Could he have parried that away? So I think probably yeah. Um, I think it's. It'll be interesting now to see how Ainsley Pears deals with that because I think he can, you know, kind of down his tools a little bit or he can just, you know, stick his chest out and get on with it. But, um, yeah, good from uh, Stjanovic. I think it was probably the, the right time for him to come in. Mm, I, I agree. I think when you play, when you pay a million pounds for a goalkeeper, I think you, you've got to try and at least put him in if, like... It was weird that he wasn't on the bench, though, for the previous games. Yeah. Well, Mahias was there instead. Yeah, we'll get said in his, uh, his press conference yesterday that he wasn't up to speed very quickly, um, but now he, he seems to be, mm. um, and now he's, he's in the team. But Chris, I think with Ainsley Pez, though, Chris, is it, is it kind of one of those things where you don't try and not try and not damage his confidence too much? He's still very young, um, or just try and send him out on loan again next season? See, I, I don't know. I mean, when De Gea came through Man United, there was question marks every week of the mistakes he made, and he's just a young kid. Mm. You've got to think about it's a physical game. He's been playing under twenty three football, under and under eighteens. You're coming up against blokes now, and these blokes will go through you. So it's it's one of them where you've got you've got to, he's got to stand up now and be counted for. Uh, obviously, he's playing for his future. I, I think he's a good keeper. I think the first goal from Forest, he's done what everybody gets told to do: take a shot early. He's took a shot early on the turn, caught him off guard. Is he going to be world-class? I don't think he's going to be world-class, no, but I think that he will be a borough keeper for a long time, Pairs. I like his distribution. I like his awareness. I just think he needs to get a little bit stronger. Maybe he's learned the game a little bit more, but he's at a good club to do that at the moment because we are we are struggling. He's going to get game time. Mm. So I think he's, he's probably in the right place. Do you think he needs to go on the Adama, t- the Adama diet and just get 
Absolutely shredded. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody can go on that diet, mate. Like, I've never seen anybody that big in my life. <laughs> I've seen the photos from like, like six, seven years ago where he's just like a stick and now he's just absolutely built. I'd love to know what his diet is. Well, he, he said that he just gains muscle naturally, doesn't he? Like, it, it, he doesn't have to do anything for I think that's for the it. biggest lie in football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be, doesn't it? I'd, I'd definitely look into the uh, off time. Yeah, the off time. <laughs> no, I don't inject. There's got to be question marks, has got, got, got to be question marks. There's, like, there's no way someone could be that muscular. I've never seen shorts that tight in my life. I know. Well, maybe ask for like extra small shots. Like you never know. Like maybe like hot pants. Who knows? <laughs> Looks like a bodysuit. Really does. Um, I damn, I just come home, please. Um, but with Mills, with the win yesterday, that was Borough's ninth win of the season. Our really? first win since New Year's Day. Um, is it Premier League now? Is I think Mills was going to win every single game until the end of the season, oh, get promoters, definitely. and then maybe Champions League in about two or three seasons. Actually, don't don't say that because this podcast is cursed. So we'll probably go down now. You have to wait. One, <laughs> you'll have to wait one more day on that one, I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I saw well maybe the tweet you know last night where it was like the, the you know like where it split off like Fast and Furious and Premier League. Everyone loved it. Just that. No. No. Right, okay. The table's lying. Okay. <laughs> t- table's not lying. It's upside down. Um, but with that, do you think Borough deserved to win yesterday, Dan? And there was t- so a couple of stats: twenty-three shots yesterday the most we've had all season there was four on target which is kind of sums bore up really um and also back-to-back pos- win Middlesbrough one possession uh in two games in a row for the first time this season as well both 55 percent um with that do you think we were we were well do you think we deserve to win essentially yeah i think we were good value for the lead in at half time um second half irritated me a little bit because for all the good work we do before we get to the final third we throw it all away pretty much and you know when we get to the final third because it's really bad decision making and um to be fair we've like I mentioned we've thrown games away and, and points away in the past Wigan, Derby, Luton, um Forest, you know, there's there's been many times where that's happened and I was thinking that might, you know, might follow the same sort of pattern in, in the Charlton game. But yeah, I think all in all we, we probably deserved it. Um Certain players back to their best. I was impressed with McNair. I was impressed with with Rudy again. Um, a goal and assist in his last two games. Um, I think McCudie and Shotton were good at the back. And and I think all in all, yeah, we we deserve the win. Just thank God we got it because I'm sick of talking about defeats. I know. I actually couldn't believe it. I, I, th- I personally think Shotton's been been Boris best player the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I think I he's the agree. one who stepped up. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, the next, my next question was going to be Chris. Um, it was from uh, it was letter T. <laughs> I can't remember. Oh yeah, I can't remember the answer. Uh, anyway, Red T, Army love it. Red Army '86. Yeah. Um, so they said, um, do you think the likes of Shotton and Clayton deserve new contracts? Apart from like the you know the, the standard few where you think, oh, we're trying to get Ayala a contract, um, and Housen. But do you think the likes of Clayton and and Shotton deserve new contracts, Chris? I think that'll be decided at the end of the season. I think that you can't judge anybody this season. I think all in all, I think the team. The team hasn't worked, whether it, whether it be management. I don't think it'll be management because the management can do all they can five days a week. It's up to the players for them two games a week to go out onto the pitch, to play for the fans, to play for the the shirt, really. I haven't been impressed with Clayton for a, for a long time, to be honest. I think he's a very negative player, but he's also a player that can go out there and scrap and battle, and I think that's what we need at the moment. Mm. But I think... When it comes to deciding contracts, I think you have to look at the end of the season and see where we are because these players, they're on the money now. If we're in League One, we're not going to be able to afford that. Mm. I think with with Clayton, though, um, I agree with your extent to say he's negative, but I think more or less of the... 
what I think he brings, he brings more structure to the team. And I think the structure is something that we've lacked over the last few weeks. I think when you've got the likes of Lewis Wing in there and you've got McNair, I think we have no structure defensively. I think we get caught up in way too quickly. I think when you play with like a number 10 um, and you try to hold a lot of possession, it's very easy for teams to cut us open really and get forward. I um, think I think if you went back to Clayton under Karanga, I'd just say Clayton was probably our best midfielder. Hmm. I don't know what's changed or what's happened, but he's been in and out of the team. So is it his attitude? Is it something? But I mean, he is obviously a professional footballer and he's got there through doing what he does best. So I, I think personally, if I was Woodgate, I'd be trying to get everything to go back to basics. Listen, we're just going to get through at the end of the season. If Gestead stays up top, let's just go along. Let's just keep solid, keep tight, and let's just get as many points out of the last games as we can. We don't need to be fancy no more. We don't need an identity. We just need points on the board. Mm. Um, I'll quickly chat about Rudy Gestead before I move back, uh, Chris. I know you have a lot of things to say about Rudy Gestead and how Borough could potentially play. Um, we're going to really talk about confidence, and I think what, when we look at the team now, um, the team is just dead of confidence. I think when you look at the team now, and when, when we're playing... I think the win yesterday is massive and it could potentially be huge for what we're going to be doing the next few weeks. Um, but Rudy Gestead, um, he's played four starts now. He's he scored two and he's had an assist, which is actually remarkable. I'm probably going to, you know, he deserves the the play, the praise. Um, now I think he's the plaudits and everything. I think he's been fantastic. Um, but do you think Gestead is the right man for Borough now for the, to till lead the, end, the line? To lead till the, the end line? of the season, yeah. In, I think it takes away... It takes away people being nervous on the ball, people nervous to make decisions because now you've got a six foot five, six foot six centre forward. You go along, you you miss out the middle, you miss out the middle, and you try and build more in the final third. You've got runners off him, and it'll give you more. It'll create more chances towards the end of the season. Playing out from the back is a confidence game. If you look at Man City, everything is all about confidence. It's about getting the ball when there's three or four men on you. At this point in time, Middlesbrough. They can't afford to do that because one mistake, they go 1-0 down. And like you said, the only time we've ever seen that is against Forest, where they fought back and got a point. So for me, he would be the man till the end of the season because it takes away the angst in the middle of midfield. Mm. Well, it was a good start, actually, on about um, you know when we go goal down. I don't know if anybody caught it on um, Sky Sports, but I'll quickly try to bring it up now. It was basically when Borough go a goal down, they very, very rarely get a point out of it um it was like it was been like that it. for a few years I remember like under Karanka where we'd go like goal down and then we'd never come back and we were like oh well that's it so yeah <laughs> we're, we're playing in, we're playing into Rudy's hands now yeah that's Rudy's game oh it is a long okay. ball bring people into play get hold of it he's a strong lad not the quickest not the most mobile but if you've got players running off him he'll quite have a call there because the two center halves they don't want to be getting playing up against him because he's too strong mm. He bullies them. I think with that as well, I think when you've got Rudy there now, um, it brings a bit more structure. When I think when I seen Britt play in that position, Britt can hold the ball up as well as I would say Rudy can. Um and also Britt has a contract for the next couple of seasons whilst Rudy doesn't. Rudy's pretty much playing for his own career now. I think even I think I, I don't think we'll see him at the end of this at the end of the season. I think he will go. Um I think there's Well if he knows he's leaving, then he's playing to leave. He's playing to get another contract somewhere else because yeah. six goals in was it three two, years. Three years. He's he's now got to step up and go. Listen, I'm I'm still here, and that that he's putting himself in the shop window by his performances in the past yeah. two games. He's been excellent. Yeah, he has, and I think with him as well, I think you've got the likes of if, when you bring Roberts in, 
Um, and I'll call me out. I want to chat about Ravel Morrison a bit later on, but I think Ravel Morrison and and uh, Pat Roberts behind Rudy is probably your best bet um, for the next few seasons. Well, for the next for the end of the season, because if Gusted's holding the ball up, you've got quality there now. You have quality with Robertson. Ravel well, Morrison's a luxury player, isn't he? Mm, Ravel Morrison. And yeah. I think at this moment in time, we'll get worries a little bit about playing him just because he is a luxury player. Mm. I think that's that's the issue. And I, I think re- after watching him, and I've seen him play a few times, he, he's very, very talented. It's obviously his attitude that's been lacking, but he seems to want to play. Yeah, He looks hungry to play, but I just don't think we have the luxury of playing him. Mm. I think he deserves to play. But what was this that mm. you've got to start up now? Um, yeah, it was basically... Uh, hold on, I can't find it now. Uh, oh, yeah, 21 games where Borough have conceded first. We've only won one. We've drawn six and lost 14. That was... Be- pre-Forest so another draw to add to that so seven draws out of 22 games but yeah there was there was that good start that you mentioned where you know when we when we went in front on dry talk rank we would rarely lose a lead um seems to be flipped in the sense that you know when we concede a goal first we very rarely come back into the game so I suppose that's a positive to take from the Forest game the fact that we got ourselves back into a good position but again like you know, it's just a familiar story from the season. We shot ourselves in the foot again. It's like when you mentioned Charlton, um, there's always going to be nerves going into the second half because if we've got a 1-0 lead, that can easily change. And Borough are always going to be nervous now until the end of the season. Mm. We'll come on uh, just to the end of the season in a second, but I want to chat about Tav first. Um, but quickly, do you give Shot a new contract, Dana? I would, yeah. I think he does a good job for the for the team. I think, sorry, just to, to add to it, there's there's a few heart and mouth heart uh, mouth moments from him, but he, he does love a good da- last ditch tackle. And to be fair, he has been. I, I agree with Chris. I think he's been a, one of the best players of the past few games. Mm, Clay- so yeah, I would. Clayton as well, or is it is it more of is it the time Clayton says goodbye? I don't know. I think if we can find a replacement for Clayton, then maybe. But he's the only holding midfielder at the club, mm. and like you said, he gives the team structure. So I think I would give him a, another one. But again, like Chris said, again, you know, it depends on the league that we're in. Yeah, I think it's, it's a position that Borough have been crying out for for the last couple of seasons. And when we've said on the podcast a few times, it's it's a position where if you've got pace and you've got a bit of power in that centre defensive midfield role now, it, that's just the key for a lot of teams and how English football is being played at the minute. It all comes through this, that centre defensive midfielder and how he positions himself on the pitch. And um, But I want to chat about Tav first. Um, obviously, the stat earlier, we had 23 shots yesterday, four on target, and a lot of the ones off target were from Tav. Um it's a bit of a strange one, Tav. Um, I think halfway through the season, it was a lot about humble pie and how well he was starting to come and play, and it, we were starting to see the the potential of him there. Um, but yesterday, I thought he was out of the whole eleven. I think he was quite poor. Um, I thought he probably should have been taken off a little bit sooner um, than than when he was when Spence came on. But was it a case then of him trying too hard, or was it or just have just have poor quality? I think in recent games it's probably a case of trying too hard because just looking at his body language from you know the past few games you could tell he's frustrated with himself and I think he probably knows himself that his performances maybe haven't been as good as as what he can deliver um so I think in, in that game against Charlton it probably was a case of trying too hard maybe trying to overcompensate for the fact that he probably knows that he hasn't been great um but yeah, just I mean, again though, you know, it goes back to what I was saying about the final third. Our decision making is has been quite poor, and you know, in the Charlton game, it was really through Tav. I think he just looking at the stats, he had six shots, one on target. 
I mean, you know, there was a chance where you could have played through McNair, a chance where you could have played through just there. Just, you know, this isn't an individual game. You know, it's a team game. We need to make sure that, we, you know, we kill games off so that we can get the points on the board and not throw them away. And I think you've got to kind of sacrifice yourself for the team. And, you know, if there's an opportunity to play a better ball in for a player that's in a better position, then then take it. Don't take a shot on yourself if, if you know that you're not going to, or if there's a, a, a less chance of, of it going on target. Do you think Chris was more of a, a potential confidence issue as well? Um, because, well, there's a, there's a big chance um, towards the end of the game, and I don't know if you've seen it or not. Um, but he gets the ball on the right-hand side, he cuts in, um, takes it around the first defender, and if he has the ability to take it around the second defender, um, but then just shoots straight at him and it goes out uh, for a corner. But with that, it just screams to me composure and confidence. Do you think he does have a lack of confidence at the minute? Or do you think that's like, around the whole team as well. What I like about Tav, I like Tav tries things. He tries things. Mm. He, he gets he gets the fans excited because he's he's always direct. Um yeah, it's obviously going to be a confidence issue. He hasn't scored in a while. He wants to, he wants to make an impact. He wants to help the team and I think sometimes when you when you try too hard it doesn't work. When you overthink things or overcomplicate things, it, it doesn't work. But you look at him go back to the middle of the season when when they were firing, he was Borough's best player. Mm. So it's it's one of them. I, I think you're going to have up and down games from a winger, a winger who is as direct as him. Because sometimes it's not going to work. You always have somebody who might come up against you and have your number that game. So yeah, it's one of them. Mm. I think he's probably more suited to a central position. I think when you, when you look at him, he's always trying to cut in on his left foot. It's quite similar to how I like. I'm not going to say like how I play, but I'm trying to get on my left foot and cut in. Um, it's quite. I think it's very very similar. I, I much prefer playing a central position. I think he would as well. Um, I think it just works better for him. But I've got a question from Paul Mack and he says, do you think Borough have enough to stay up? Given that we won our ninth game of the season yesterday, and yes, I do want to say we'll be Premier League football next year, but do you think Borough just, just have enough? Um, we've got Swansea, we've got Hull, which is absolutely massive. Mm. They lost 5-1 yesterday to Stoke, um, which was a, a massive result really for Stoke. Um, do you think Borough have enough now when you, uh, from what you've seen the last few games? I think we do, and I think um, you mentioned Hull. Uh, there's teams, and I know we said this before about Luton, Barnsley, and Wigan, and then that three-game uh, run went a little bit uh, pear-shaped. But I think I think we do. Um, we've got a favourable run in. I think you know the teams that are mid-table that have nothing to play for. I think those are the games that you know I, I'd like to think Borough would win the team uh, you know the games against teams that are in and around us worry me a little bit because again you know it's about do you want it more than them um the you know games against Bristol City for example um do we have another one we have another one coming up against you, you, what, I don't know, I teams around us no teams that are like going for promotion I was going to say Chef Wednesday, but then they're absolutely falling like stone. Yeah, um, I what, mean, they, they could easily be, be plunged into the relegation battle as well because they've got a points deduction to, to face, haven't they? Potential, I think, minimum of nine points or something. don't think the EFL will do that, though, because it's the EFL. But um, I think we have a, a favourable run-in, plus the likes of Hull and Charlton and Sheffield Wednesday that, uh, like I mentioned, could be could be plunged into the relegation battle. I think that they probably will save us from, from relegation, I would like yeah. to hope it's just Millwall that we have uh, to play away from home who's in around there but when you look at Boris fixtures you've got the likes of Swansea Stoke City um, Hull away um, you've got QPR at home Millwall away Bristol City at home Reading away Cardiff at home and Chef Wednesday away at the last day of the season Chris when you look at those fixtures 
do you think, well, yes, there's we are playing teams around us and it's probably good to play against those teams. It kind of shows who wants it more. But when you look at those fixtures, do you think that Bindles will have enough to stay up? I, th- I think they do. I think I don't think Borough will go down this year if they keep playing the way they're playing. It's going to be a battle. The fans can't expect to go and watch the best football in the world. I think if we revert back to Big Sam, Big Sam's ways of playing football, going long, playing off the big man and just defending and just try and get points, points. Going into the game, you go into the game with one point. You finish the game with one point. That's one point you need. Mm. Okay, so in terms of that, then when you're coming in the next few next few run of fixtures, Chris, um, what do you think? What Gate should do? Should he keep things exactly the same? Or yeah, don't change anything. Don't overcomplicate it. Let's just carry on the way we've been going. We've took four points out of six. And if you decided at the start of the week, if you would you take four points out of six? I think any fan would have bit their hands off. Yeah. So I don't. I, I personally don't think we change how we're playing. And before we go into Swansea, Dana, um, Borough handed a boost. Um, I'm going to be handed a boost this week. You've got um, George Frank coming back, but also Patrick. Is that a boost? <laughs> is that well, really you know, boosting? you know what I think changing room boost, yeah, massively. Um, but in terms of playing wise, it it does look like he should be put. It's down. just his legs have gone up in there. I think yeah. we he's got the experience. It. He's got the voice, hasn't he? Just, yeah. he'll, he'll lead from the dressing room, whether playing or not. He, he's a good person to have around. Yeah, um, but we're handing more of a boost with Patrick Roberts coming back. How big do you think that's going to be for the the team as well? I know when he first came in January, he looked like. A very very good play. He looked absolute ball. Like I can't believe we, we brought him in. Less said about Nemechka because I don't think the has been good. I think he hasn't had the opportunities. But when he had had the opportunities, hasn't been like the right time. I don't think when you when you're in that fight, I don't think you need like like sort of Lucas Nemechka coming on the pitch. Um, quite similar to Morrison, really. Quite a bit of a, a bit of a luxury player I have, um, but he just hasn't shown his true quality yet. Um, but Patrick Roberts, oh, it's, it's a massive boost, isn't it? Yeah, it's massive. And I think when, as soon as he got injured, I was good because I thought, you know, that's a, a big part of Borough's strength gone immediately. Um, you know, you spoke about would you change anything? I think I'd probably put in Roberts, but that's it. I wouldn't change anything else. Um, be good to have him back because he's that option that can pull players out of position, open up space. You know, if you do have Rudy just said, you know, the, the midfield runners so you can run beyond and get into the box and, you know, create chances and, and hopefully score goals from there. So I think, yeah, it's a it's a massive, massive boost for Borough. I think any team would love to have Patrick Roberts um, amongst their ranks. And, yeah, the sooner that he can get back, the better, I think. With Patrick Roberts coming back, he's going to make the defence of any opposition drop 10, 15 yards, which will open up the space to feed for Gisted. So I think even his movement off the ball will be just be a big impact for Middlesbrough coming into the final games. Mm. No, I agree. I agree. I think obviously when I was saying about earlier about um, Morrison and and uh, and Roberts coming in with Gisted, I think that would work. It's going to probably work well, but we'll <laughs> we'll we'll see. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's we're, bor- not, it's, we're not paid it, to be managers, are we? Well, <laughs> you never know. Future Billingham Town manager right here sat in this seat. Um, <laughs> but let's chat about Swansea. Um, let's move on to them. Steve Cooper's uh, Swansea of have dipped in the last few games really I thought they were going to be certain to get promoted this season especially when they started they were unbeaten for I think 10, 10 to 12 games looked very very good on the ball they looked very dangerous but it just seems like their season's fizzled out really um, one do you think it's a good time to play them Chris because they haven't got much to play for definitely but I, I think a game with the likes of Brewster it's going to be a hard day for the defence. I don't think he gives a minute's rest after after the games I've seen. He's very quick. He's very sharp. So we're just going to have to be very much aware of him. Have you seen Harold McCoody, Chris? He's an absolute. Bo- he's he, a great he, finisher. Great finisher. <laughs> oh yeah, that header. 
I've um, never seen one go like it. <laughs> However, I must say, I, I do really like Harold McCurdy. I know I've said it on the podcast a couple of times, but I think he's... He, he can look like a world beater and then he can scare you as well. Yeah. So he, he's one. he goes one or two ways. He, he looks like... Do you remember that composed centre-half that we signed? What was his... Um, Chambers. No, it began with a B. Bernardo, Bernardo Espinosa. He no, looked very he, composed. He played at the back. Andre BK. BK. Oh, he BK, reminds yeah. me of BK very much because BK was really relaxed, a little bit too relaxed for me. But great <laughs> on the ball, but he's, he's definitely got a mistake in him. <laughs> Andre BK is like, he's the only centre back I've seen at Riverside doing over a kick. <laughs> <laughs> only person I know that I've seen him walk out from defence with the ball with three men running after him. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, not a hassle, is he, really? Um, but Swansea City, Dana, I know you're having a look at... Well, we're not going to say any... Are we not doing any stats this week? <sighs> Isn't it funny how we we didn't have a pre-Charlton podcast and then we won? I wouldn't well, change it. Well, to be fair, like, we did do a podcast, but it was more live, wasn't it? And then we, yeah. did, we, we did put a preview out there as well, so I'm going to say... Oh, for say, Forest, yeah, not for Charlton, though. Oh, for Charlton, yeah. Um, it's a I hard don't know, one, I have, really. I have I, some... Two good stats here, actually. Well, is it like the opposition stats, where, or is it like a stat about Borough, where they're not going to probably win at home for like the next ten seasons? And do you want me to just say them? Should I say them or not? Are we, Chris? Go on, just go for it. Okay, well, right, it's on me. Okay. <laughs> well, you know what, Chris? We give the people what they want. We've we've given them you, so it's it's on we, me. We can do what we want now. It's on me. Well, anyway, Swansea have failed to win their last away seven away matches, but. Borough have also failed to win their last six home matches. Mm. So they're the two stats. Okay. Probably nailed on to be a Swansea win then, now that I've said that. But two interesting stats there. Um, in terms of how they set up, they set up with a 4-2-3-1 formation. You mentioned Brewster. I think you know the addition of him, a uh, really good signing. They've signed Conor Gallagher as well. He was on loan at Charlton um, earlier on in the season. Two really good players there. Um, Gallagher, Gallagher actually has five goal, uh, five assists. Sorry, since he joined, um, Andre Ayew, who scored in the reverse fixture, um, has got twelve goals. Uh, Borja Baston on six, Sam Surridge on four, um, and then Ayew five assists, Gallagher five assists, and Matt Grimes four assists. I really don't rate Matt Grimes, by the way. So. There's another one that's probably uh, nailed Well, he on plays more kids. defensively, him, him and Fulton, don't they? So. Yeah, but I don't rate him at all. Um, I didn't rate him when he was at Leeds because yeah, he, he was on loan at Leeds. Um, they really didn't rate him there. I haven't rated him since that. But, um, yeah, in terms of the last six meetings, we've only won one of the last six. So... Uh, please, football gods. Yeah. If you are they, listening. They've been elated. Uh, yeah, uh, give we, me some free Nescaf. <laughs> <laughs> two draws out the last six um, and then three Swansea wins so um, there seems to be a lot of 3-0 scorelines here actually or 3-1 uh, the last game 3-1 the game before that both to Swansea then 2 nil nils on the trot then 3-0 uh, that was when Bob Bradley was in charge of Swansea before everything went downhill in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the game before that, in 2012, it was Swansea 1, Middlesbrough 0. And I went to that game. Thanks, Seb Hines, for that own goal. Took about a decade to get to Swansea. Well, there's a reason why he plays in the MLS now, to be fair. There's a reason. Does he still play there? Absolute bags of cash just to kick a ball around in the. You know, I think he's. Was he still at Orlando? I don't know. But he got released. 
Oh, did he? I think the last thing I heard was that he got released, yeah. Oh, all right. We'll be playing with you next season, Money Chris, Billy Town. We wouldn't have him. <laughs> right, yeah, well, you conceded in goals. You conceded four yesterday, wasn't it? No comment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> see. Should have scored two. One was should have been given, but should have we, been. we don't talk about that. We don't talk about Billy Town. It's, yeah. not, Billy Ta- it's not the Billy Town podcast, it's is not, it? It's not. It's not. Um, but Borough do come up against Kyle Norton, who formerly played for Borough under Gordon Strachan, of all managers as well. Connor Roberts as well. Connor Roberts as well. But when I'm looking at Swansea and how they set up, Andre Ayew and Kalulu, I think they're just paramount to their success I think when they've got the pace there Brewster as well um, it's going to be a difficult afternoon I think for Borough's defence um, when you look at that Chris do you think Millsman might revert to a five at the back do you know try and I think if you press them high and make them go long if they're playing four two three one with Brewster up top on his own he's not going to win any headers against McCoody or Shotton I think we just try and force him into a long ball force him out the comfort zone but like I say I'm not a manager so well, you are, you've got your badges, mate. You said you want you want to go into management, so no, I, I'd. It's going to be a very difficult game. It's going to be a very difficult game. Okay, fair enough. We'll we'll chat about your score predictions then. Um, was pretty much wrapping things up then. It's quite a short podcast this week. Um, keeping things short just because of you know like if I'm thinking if we keep a podcast a bit shorter, um, we might start winning more games. So <laughs> I'm just trying to. Do everything I can, really. But um, score predictions and lineups, anyone? Oh, I'd go score prediction. I think two nil Borough. Two nil Borough. Um, and I'd keep the team the same. Okay. Unless Patrick Roberts is fit. Who scores? Two nil. Oh, we'll go Rudy to revenge to avenge that um that miss chance. Yeah, at the oh, Liberty. Yeah, got that really one. really bad miss that, and. McNair. McNair as well. Paddy McMessy. <laughs> Don't call him that. <laughs> it was a lovely finish yesterday. I must it was. Composed. 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 It was. Passed it in the, the back bottom of the corner. Minute. Something I would do with that. Um, Chris? 2-1 Borough. 2-1 Borough. Goal scorers? McCoody and Wing. McCoody and Wing. All right, okay. I'm going to go 1-0, I think. I can't see us winning. Who scores? Um, Patrick Roberts Swansea scorer um, I think it was just some of daft me I think it would be like Fulton or something like that McCoody on goal no, <laughs> no, now that Dane has mentioned how much he hates Fulton like it's just gonna no it was Matt Grimes oh Matt Grimes yeah Matt Grimes uh, may as well score uh, mate, yeah just same. do it now <laughs> um, it's just one of them down to score isn't it but I think that wraps things up guys um, thank you very much as always Chris thanks for joining us no problem um, Elliot I'm hoping you're enjoying your yeah, two-week cruise with Rudy Gostad. I know he's going to come back and then go, go away again, but it's, it's lovely how... Like, being quarantined, I think. Yeah, being quarantined, yeah. Well, Elliot has. I think he's staying, he's staying away in Munich. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that wraps things up, guys. So if you listen to the podcast, um, give us five-star rating um, on Apple Podcasts. That helps us get found. It also helps us get charted. Um, but it also just helps other Borough fans find us, essentially. Um, if you listen on Red Army Radio, thank you very much for listening. But that wraps things up. Middlesbrough have finally won a game of football, the first win uh, since 1st of January. But Chris, thank you very much for us. Dana, thank you very much. This is the Board Breakdown Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. One support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 